hello, hello, and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your co-host, Kirk. Howdy, partner. Howdy. Welcome. Feeling the Western spirit today, Kirk? I'm feeling so Western. I am one of the most non-Western people. I could not survive in the West. Um, My ancestors would tell me (laughs) that my, my pale Irish skin would have me burned in a minute's notice. In just, one minute's notice. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Couple things. No, really just one. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't survive in the current West or the old West? Both. <laughs> Both. Okay. That's I figure that's what you were kind of getting at, but I didn't I didn't know. Yes. So no no uh probably just the Southwest. I think you'd do okay in like Northern California. Uh, you Oregon. Know, maybe. You know, just it's it's there's no sun there. It's just rain. So I think I have, you'd be all right. I have been known to get burnt in the dead of winter, um, yeah. the just through overcast. Uh, so I think that there's there's no place that's no, that's a match. Uh, I'm no match for for the elements. I think I am the. I wish that I w- would adopt an Irish accent because I feel like I would be the poster child because of how pale my skin is and how fast <laughs> it can burn. Yeah, I, I have to say the one thing I noticed when I was in Oregon. Um, I don't know that I ever burned that I can remember out there, but the sun felt more intense. I don't know if that's a real thing. I know there's like, depending on where you are in relation to the Tropic of Cancer and, you know, all these different lines of latitude and whatnot, the the solar, like the angle of the sun can cause different things, but it just felt, just felt harsher. Like even when it wasn't that hot, it just felt like, ah, like you could feel it beating down on you. So, that Speaking sound of meteorology, like for you. did you feel like your skin w- was better, like because of the moisture that was constantly in the air? Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't have as much dry skin. Mm. I had horrific allergies, though. Okay. So okay. it's like trade-off. Mm. <laughs> yes. Though I guess here I have dry skin and allergies, so it's like... <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we're moving the podcast back <laughs> to Eugene, you. Oregon. Something. Was some, definitely not Eugene, but maybe <laughs> Oregon. But uh, yeah, it's it's something. But welcome. The reason we were even talking about the West to begin with is so... Okay, for those of you who are new to the program, we are dividing this up, this show up, into two. So first, what you're hearing right now is our What's Poppin' episode, but tonight... Kirk and I are also recording our review of The Harder They Fall, uh, which is a new Netflix film. It is a Western, as we alluded to. Really, really interesting movie. I'm very excited to dig into it. There's just... This this movie is just really... I don't know. It's it's not afraid. <laughs> it's not afraid of anything. It's just is like out there. Like it knows what it is, and it's just like, mm, like take it or leave it. You either yeah. like me or you don't, but it's in your face, and I kind of dig that. Like, yeah. we'll we'll talk about it. It'll be it'll be interesting, but we have tons of news to talk about, so we'll get into that here, and then you'll you'll swing back on Friday for the review. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll get it all at the same time. So that's the reason that we reference things that happen later for you podcast listeners. So keep that in mind as you listen. But thank you so much for being here. Uh, we've got a lot going on. This was, this was a nice, this felt like (laughs) this week was sort of the calm before the storm in terms of movie reviews, because there wasn't a ton that came to theaters 11, 12, November 12th, um, which was good because (laughs) basically from here on out, man, it's a, it's a sprint to the new year in terms of new movies. And even this weekend, both 
King Richard, which is the uh, Serena Venus Williams Will Smith biopic, um, and the new Ghostbusters uh, reboot, I suppose. Re- well, sequel, reboot, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, somewhere in between. They're both out this weekend, so that's two big movies, and it just the hits keep rolling from there. So it's going to be an exciting time. It it's always an exciting time. The holidays are getting close as well. I have to say. I, I more often than not this this time of year and especially in 2021 I'm like what a time to be alive because you've got the holidays coming up all this supply chain craziness nobody can get what they're trying to get there's like crazy inflation you know I'm like I do my entire job from home like the world is just a weird place and um, in some ways that's bad but in, in other ways that it's good so I've been on the hunt for a PS5 for a long time. Um, but I realized over the last couple of weeks that there is like a massive community of people who are like bonding together over this hunt of hard to find consoles. And I like joined a discord server and it is one of the strangest, but also most uplifting human experiences ever. Like everybody in there is really only talking about trying to get these consoles. And there's like thousands of people in there. And yet at the same time, everybody's like, oh man, congratulations, you got one. I'll get one next time. Like everybody's lifting each other up, hyping each other up. I'm like, this is so weird, but also awesome. So sometimes you just have to marvel at uh, at the world that we live in. And Kirk, you're muted. Yes, just a fun technical glitch as I'm trying to... <laughs> Uh, mute every time I'm having a coughing fit, which is approximately every 45 seconds. And uh, now I can't hit the right hotkey on my keyboard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that like a community that you think um, it lends itself to have always had um, uh, kind of prepared itself for isolation uh, for like the extreme gamers. They're like, I'm good. I'll just chat with everyone online. Like they were way ahead of their time before 2020. They, they had their, their setups good to go. And now they're just like cheering people on like, okay, man, I got you. I got you. Like that's super, that's heartwarming to me. It that's is. Really it is heartwarming. heartwarming that's, that was my first thought. I was like, this is kind of awesome. It's really strange, but it's also amazing. And it just made me want to go out and like find really niche, like shared human experiences, like hunting for hard to get video game consoles and create <laughs> a bunch of discord servers just to like watch humanity at its finest. Because I feel like, there is a massive opportunity for that. And like, I'm talking like right now, there are thousands of people in there just like chatting each other. It is bananas. And at the same time, it makes me really sad for humanity because I feel really bad for anybody who's trying to get either these items or like anything on a hot toys list this year, which like screw the hot toys list. That is not okay. They like, they create false demand by putting toys on that list. It's, it's not cool. And then parents can't get their kids like what they want. And that's, that's super sad to me. Yeah. I mean, this is why jingle all the way was created to (laughs) destroy, to expose. (laughs) It was an expose on uh, Christmas toy marketing. Yeah. And that's the other thing about this community is, you know, the big thing is scalpers. Like, on everything. And, you know, people used to think that scalpers were only involved in like concert tickets, things like that. No, no. Like the scalping situation on scarce 
goods, like especially toys and, and tech and things like that is absurd. It is like, it is a major problem. Like, like the federal government needs to intervene. It is so bad because it's just creating a horrible, horrible consumer experience and it's accelerating inflation, which is already accelerating really quickly. It's just really bad. Like they will drop these, you know, thousands of PS fives on like walmart.com. And we're talking five seconds, like snap of a finger. These bots come in, eat up all the inventory. And then they're all out on eBay being sold for a $300 markup. Like that is just sick. Right. It's horrible. It's devastating. It just reminds me of Dwight on the office with the, <laughs> yeah. with well, the princess unicorn. Princess unicorn. <laughs> yeah. My horn can pierce the sky. I know, man, Dwight, Dwight was, he wasn't using bots, but he was still doing the wrong thing. But this community is like hardcore anti-scalper. Like if you even mention reselling anything, they're like, banned, you're out, you're gone. And I, I like that too. That's a pretty um, brave thing to do in a in a room or a Discord channel or a chat or Reddit, whatever with, that you will, with a team of people who are tech savants. Like, yeah. I would be horrified that they would find me and <laughs> steal everything from me because <laughs> right. I was a scalper. So uh, that's brave. That's that's some bravery right there. I'm telling you, it's a like I said, crazy time to be alive. And we have tons <laughs> of crazy movie news this week that also makes you. I mean, this Spider-Man trailer. We're gonna get into that. There is so much to get into. We'll save it for the end uh, of what's popping, but let's get into some other things, Kirk, if you're ready for it. I'm so ready. Let's go. All right. Let me see what I got here. I, I have to decide. I kind of want to like catch you off guard with the first one. Kind of want to like keep you on your toes. Like what, what could it possibly be? Mm. Let's start here. Let's start here. Yes. Movie pass. Movie pass. Who remembers MoviePass? Kirk, I mean, I, I know I know you do. Did you were you a subscriber at any point during the very short tenure of MoviePass? I was this close to getting MoviePass because you and I had started the podcast right before we broke the news that they were going bankrupt, they were dissipating yep. everything. I was so close. I was talking with Aubrey and she's like, maybe you need to get that movie pass thing. I was like, yeah, you know, it sounds like a good idea. Like <laughs> it sounds like a good business model. Yeah. I don't really know how it works or how they make money, but let's do it. Yeah. And thank goodness I gave them not a dime, not a dime. Yeah. I knew a bunch of people who were on the waiting list and um, the movie that really exposed it was the mission impossible movie uh the sixth one that was mm -hmm. that was the first time where a bunch of people showed up with their movie pass cards had bought tickets or like hadn't bought tickets but were using movie pass to get tickets and couldn't get in because the checks you know were, were bouncing you know no money in the account for movie pass that was really when it all started to crumble apart but movie pass kirk may be back MoviePass no. maybe yes, Kirk. No. Yes. According to Business Insider, co-founder Stacy Spikes has repurchased the assets of MoviePass during part of a bankruptcy proceeding. You know, they make as the you know, when bankruptcy happens, the the you know, the government that takes over or or whatever that has to the governing body that takes over all the assets has to try to make as much money back as they can. So this guy, Stacy Spikes, has, has purchased it back and uh, effectively has brought MoviePass out of bankruptcy 
and he says he's looking for new investors and tooling up for 2022 to, to make a comeback. And he said the reason that he's doing it, and I'm paraphrasing here, was basically that the movie community was was calling for this. They were like, hey, if we could just like, if you could make it work, we're here for it. And I think that that's probably true, right? So off the record, um, on this recording, um, I have told Cam that I'm ready to buy a movie theater. Yeah. Um, let's just put every dime that we have into movie pass because round two has to be better, right? It has to be. I mean, you can't make the same mistakes. I think, I think the thing that was so troubling with round one though, was like you and I were talking about it. And I think we weren't the only people being like, this business model is not solvent. Like mm-hmm. there is a serious cash flow situation that is going to happen. And that's <laughs> like, that's exactly what happened. And even though you and I are both men of business, we should not be able to sit here and pick apart your business model like from our couches behind our keyboards. Like that shouldn't like that's a bad sign for you as a business if that is happening. I'll give you an example. Once uh, you might have noticed as a Starbucks person that you can load money onto your Starbucks and then you can pay for your coffee. Uh, this is a terrible plan. There's a couple of other businesses as a, from a consumer side. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of other businesses that do this. You have to load money and save it there if you want to pay it digitally versus using Apple Pay or whatever. The reason is you have now become that business's bank. And if you do not continue to support that business, well, that money stays in there and it's totally Starbucks, right? So that's kind of how MoviePass became, but they didn't have enough uh, power behind it, right? No one's going to a movie three times a day to get their latte, to get their iced coffee, to get their medicine ball. This, This is how this thing crumbled so easily because there wasn't enough money in there and then they were expanding. They were putting things into marketing. They were paying their staff. The the overhead got too much and the movie prices, as we know, will only continue to rise for forever. So I'm curious how the business model is going to to change. Is the the subscription higher? I mean, it has to, right? I mean, like that, like has to be. (laughs) I mean, it just, unless there's some other incentive, unless they get unless they get theaters to kick in for it, which I don't know why they would because then they're adding another middleman. Maybe they think that they can get more. I mean, theaters thrive off of concessions. So maybe they do to try to get more butts and seats so they can sell popcorn and, you know, high margin sodas and things like like that. Um, But yeah, I think the subscription has to go up. I think that that's, and and frankly, like, I don't think that's going to deter. I think it will deter a massive audience but it won't keep you from grabbing a really attractive niche market, which is the film, you know, people like us who go see tons of movies, like that market's pretty big still. And those people will spend more to get the benefits of the program for sure. True, because the idea of it is that it really, it should, if MoviePass can be successful, it will benefit the movie theaters the most. Right. Because people will be spending less per ticket Mm-hmm. In, in in their minds yes because you're not going to be able to see as many movies as you think you can right because life and so the movie theater will always have more um instant um profit than movie pass will but movie pass is getting a their their model is completely different so i don't know where what else what other variable goes into that to make this work because i really want it to work Easy. because it really benefits you and i <laughs> so well 
Yeah, figure it out, guys. Figure it out. <laughs> like, I don't, we don't have the answers, but we do have interests. So yes. <laughs> count, sign us up and and figure it out, please. Logging so, into Robinhood right now, yeah. just buying some stock into movie. Pass. I was gonna say if they go public, like, well, let's let's do it, right? Let's let's become stonk boys and, and get in there. Um, all right, so that's movie pass. Well, I mean, trust us, we'll be keeping a keeping a really close eye on that. Uh, next thing I want to talk about. This is interesting. Um, and when it first dropped, it was a bit of a misnomer because all I was seeing in my timeline, and I don't know what your experience was like, Kirk, but all I was seeing was, you know, Harry Potter returned to Hogwarts. That's what I was seeing. Harry Potter returned to Hogwarts 20th anniversary or, or something to the effect of the original cast is reuniting for a new film, (laughs) you know? And I was like, I was like, what? If that's the case, this is the biggest news in the history of of movie news. But what's really happening is there is, on January 1st, a new behind-the-scenes film dropping on HBO Max. And this is January 1st, 2022. So just over a month and a half is what we're looking at. Um, It's a behind-the-scenes film examining the entire Harry Potter series. in honor of the 20th anniversary of the first film, which was this year. So it, you know, Emma Watson, Rupert Grant, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, all in tow, Christopher Columbus, uh, or Chris Columbus, <laughs> not, not the 1492 ocean blue guy, but the director of the, the director of the, of the first movie and others, you know, uh, Tom Felton and, and those guys will be, will be in tow. Can I gauge your level of interest in this Kirk? I'm going to say it's low. It's low because, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the great things about, um, you know, ever since like 2012 is that no one really, really cares about like DVD extras anymore. Um, You know, commentaries are kind of cool. Sometimes depends on how much time you have. Yeah, yeah. No one's going to sit back and like, I want to I want to see how they did that stunt. I'm going to watch this 30 minute reel on this. I just don't think it's there. The only thing that they could twist this and pique my interest would be if they talk about the the subculture that Harry Potter created yeah. and the effect on culture and uh, things that we don't know about, like uh, little tiny uh, like life groups getting together and, and chatting about Harry Potter. Those people who do exist and are awesome people, I just want to see them like digest the psychology of that more so than I want to see... Um, you know, Rupert Grint um, talk about how awkward it was uh, to kiss his coworker. His yeah, yeah. I I'm so relieved that you said that about behind the scenes stuff because I have often felt guilty for not being more interested in it. Like, <laughs> the, I think the main problem now, and like I used to watch all the all the BTS stuff on movies that I owned. Like, it was you know the early 2000s. There was nothing to do. They like their. <laughs> The internet was not what it was today. Netflix was not even a glimmer in Reed Hastings' eye at that point. Like, there was just was not stuff to do. So, yeah, you would sit down and watch the commentary on Back to the Future. Like, it was a good time. Or you would watch yeah. all the behind the scenes on Lord of the Rings. Like, sure, who cares? But, like, I find my appetite for that kind of stuff is really waning these days. And I feel guilty about it, but I just, I just don't care. That said, I like your I like your opinion. I also would love to hear more from 
all three of the core three. You know, Rupert Grint is getting back into some bigger roles. He's been getting a lot of acclaim for some of the recent projects he's picked up. The, the thing that's interesting, what I want to hear more about is the career trajectory. So like what Rupert Grint decided to do, the types of projects that Emma Watson has been involved in, and then Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, Daniel Radcliffe and Elijah Wood are, are sort of foils in a way. They were young. They were... The, you know the face of these massive franchises and then after that they were like they just both chose to do these like really weird off the wall indie type projects and I just want to know about the psychology that goes into that like is there did they get burnt out were they like I want to continue to to perform my art but I don't want to be the front of anything ever again you know I, I right. I'm curious about that yeah, they, they definitely, they, those two would be a fantastic study. I feel like you could have a mini series that like, uh, like you said, showed, showed them as foils. Like, listen, like this is their, their career path where they started and how they got here. What triggered them to wanting this? You know, Daniel Radcliffe was on uh, Conan O'Brien's podcast uh, oh, nice. a month or two ago, and he didn't he didn't give his didn't give the secret away. Unfortunately, I was I was waiting for it. It was right on the cusp of it, and he really just talked about kind of growing, and um, he didn't want to be Harry Potter forever, even though he knew he always would be. So when you have that clout, like, hey, I'm Harry Potter, um, I'm going to do whatever movie role I want. I guess you can you have more options and. The fun fact is, is that, um, you know, Elijah Wood was a child actor long before uh, Mr. Frodo Baggins, and he was in some really creepy stuff and some yeah. really heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah. And did that change his uh, his uh, his mental health? I don't know. Or was it just this just this random, strange urge to go that path? It's so fascinating. Yeah. And it's interesting when you look at comps of like people now i mean i think the most obvious comp would be a tom holland and his recent gq interview you know that came out sort of following the um i mean the interview was done like a while ago october or something like that but the the interview just went live like right after the trailer dropped and people were i mean fans overreact to stuff like this but him saying things like you know, playing Spider-Man's a lot of work. It's a burden. It's a responsibility. It's heavy. And saying things like, I don't want to be an actor for forever. <laughs> you know, it, it, as fans, that, that kind of stuff freaks you out. But it, I mean, I can only imagine what the experience is like. I, I'm sure it's intense and, and a lot. And so maybe, you know, from us, we're like, it's, it's the human condition. We just want all of everything all the time. We just want to consume um, and so hearing that is troubling because you're like, what, Tom Holland? No, like, do everything. Do do 50 Spider-Mans. We want it all. Um, but there's people involved in this too, and I think that it's that's what I would be interested to hear in this. And then, you know, I found it interesting to hear from Tom Holland as well as you know this huge Spider-Man movie is about to come out. So we'll see. January 1st, I'll tune in. I mean, I'm sure people will be be tweeting it and we'll be talking about it, but it'll, um, you know. I thought it was going to be something different, and this is fine. But I'm, here we are. I'm going to write a Zanga blog about it and post <laughs> yeah. that. Write a Zanga, yeah. Put it on your MySpace. Um, yes. When they, when Chris Columbus started talking about, I would love to get the original cast together. I thought this announcement was going to be that they're doing the Cursed Child. You know, like they're yes. doing they're doing a, a Cursed Child movie, which I'm shocked they haven't yet. Um, but 
you know, bring back the original cast. They're older now. They're they're probably not old enough. Maybe I don't exactly know, but mm-hmm. um, you know, to the point where you could you could almost do that. But that was not what it was. It was this instead, and that's fine. So we'll we'll keep an eye on it. Yes. All right, moving along. We're sticking to really big stories today because there were just a, there were just a ton of them. So we got to get into it. But the next one, and this was happening um, really. Friday morning, and that was pretty much it. And this was Disney Plus Day. Disney Plus Day, the first ever Disney Plus Day to happen, um, took place on the two-year anniversary, birthday, whatever you want to call it, of Disney Plus, uh, November 12th. And basically just, you know, they it was hard to get a read on what this was going to be. You know, they mentioned it a couple of months ago. You and I were like, huh, what is this? Basically, what it ended up being was they dropped a bunch of new stuff on Disney Plus. Uh, you know, they took the paywall off of um, Jungle Cruise. They added Shang Chi. They added Enchanted. They added a few things. They did the IMAX enhanced thing, and then beyond that, they had a promo on Disney Plus where you could get your first month for a dollar ninety nine. And then they had uh, not a live stream or anything, but just like a tweet flurry (laughs) of a bunch of different things that are coming out um, to Disney Plus that were going to be announced. So I was following all of that on Discord and I want to read some of the highlights and then Kirk, I want to talk about how we feel about any of it. Was anything super interesting, you know, anything that you're like, whoa, what is going on here? And just kind of recap some of the bigger ones. And I'm going to throw our Discord link will be in the description if you listen to the podcast regularly and you're not in our discord community you should do that if you're saying what is discord just try it and you'll like it you don't need to have any prior knowledge of it you just go in there you chat with us we talk about movies we talk about whatever we were talking about the spider-man trailer last night for a good long chunk having really fun conversations so um get in there it's a good time and it's really easy to set up but it's basically like a group instant messenger for people our for people uh, who are th- never heard about it before, but yeah, it's for yeah, it's like if you kids. work if you work at like if you work somewhere where there's like Slack or Teams or anything like that, and you just like, jib jab, yeah, chat in all these different channels. Um, it's that only for fun stuff and not work because yes. that's that's lame. But <laughs> anyway, chat with us while you're at work. There you go, perfect. There's no ethical dilemma there even because we told <laughs> you to do it. So. Um, so the first thing that was really coming out was a bunch of release dates for for some projects we hadn't heard about, but some projects we had. So Disenchanted, which is the Enchanted sequel, dropping on Disney Plus in fall of 2022. Uh, we got a trailer for the first Ice Age property that's been rolled out under the Disney umbrella, which is Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild, which is coming actually in January on Disney Plus. We got a trailer for Baymax, which is the, um, it's a Disney Plus original series, and that's coming summer 2022, so that's a Big Hero 6 spinoff, and uh, Disney Animation Studios, right? Is that one Pixar? No, no, it's not. Disney Animation. Disney Animation Studios. So it's a Disney Animation Studios series, so summer 2022. Um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Spiderwick Chronicles, uh, they're rebooting Spiderwick Chronicles, the, the Andy Samberg, John Mulaney, Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie is still happening. 
which I was shocked because I felt like I hadn't heard anything in a long time. They're saying spring 2022. So that, that thing must be pretty much done. Um, the Pinocchio movie, which is the live action Robert Zemeckis Pinocchio. <laughs> I know there's been like five, <laughs> seemingly like five Pinocchio movies coming out in the last couple of years. Uh, that's coming to Disney Plus in fall 2022. And just a reminder, that's the one with the cast that's like Tom Hanks as Jiminy Cricket, Cynthia Erivo as the the fairy. She's a fairy, right? Or so. something like that. Um, Luke Evans, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Keegan-Michael Key, like huge, huge cast there. Um, then we got uh, the Proud Family series trailer. That's That series is called Louder and Prouder. Uh, Willow, <laughs> the Willow series, which actually looks really cool. I'm excited about that. There was Kenobi concept art, which showed a battle between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, which is awesome. Um, there's a car series coming called Cars on the Road in, in 2022. We got first looks at Zootopia Plus, which is a series for 2022, and Tiana. Um, that series doesn't come out till 2023, but that's a Princess and the Frog spinoff series. And then the MCU took over, took the stage, if you will, even though it wasn't a live stream, and started dropping a bunch of things. One of them is that they are... They're calling it a revival of the X-Men, the animated series. They're going to call it X-Men 97, and it's going to pick up right where the last series left off. So that's really cool. We got tons of new title treatments for She-Hulk, Echo, I Am Groot, Ironheart, uh, Secret Invasion, and then some new show announcements, including an animated show called Spider-Man Freshman Year, which takes place in the MCU and is... Um, sort of like around that time of Peter Parker near homecoming, like whenever he's in the early stages. So that could be pretty cool. Uh, Agatha, the Agatha Harkness series is called Agatha House of Harkness. And that got a nice title treatment. And then they're spinning up a Marvel Zombies animated television show. And then they just gave us a bunch of first looks at um, some of the MCU shows that are coming out. And they actually put together like a little 15 minute vignette inside of Disney Plus if you go to the new Marvel uh, like the Marvel icon on the Disney Plus homepage and click on it there's a little like 15 minute behind the scenes first look type things for Moon Knight um, Miss Marvel She-Hulk I think that might be it so overall lots of news nothing overly surprising I don't think Kirk unless any of that stuff was like groundbreaking amazing to you like my general vibe was like eh, you know pretty much par for the course but what what in that set of news and uh shows really caught your caught your interest about seven and i will spend 15 minutes on each one discussing Perfect. so strap in um no let's talk about these quickly baymax super excited super excited about the baymax series i think that i came into big hero six late but baymax just absolute home run. Very yeah. good. Disenchanted, um, enchanted with uh, Amy Adams and uh, and Patrick Dempsey. Way underrated. Uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be blown out of the bar. Well, blown out of the water. Blown out of the water. New Spider-Man, obviously. Gucci, John Mulaney, Andy Samberg. Thank goodness it's still happening. Yeah. Cars on the road. Please fix Cars Three. Tiana. I hope it's true animation. And Agatha Hark. Um, Agatha Harkness, Agatha House of Harkness. Um, yes, just yes, Catherine Hahn. All, all the all the things. 
yeah, I think those are those are some of my faves. I'm definitely like pretty excited about Cars on the Road because my kids will be the perfect age to take in like a new TV series with those characters, and I hope they get back to their roots of like really leaning in on the Radiator Springs characters and just like focusing on what made the first movie um, pretty pretty good to most people. I think for me, the X Men revival, dude, that mm-hmm. show when they were all in high school. Oh man, I loved that show. That show was so good. I do always worry, like they're they're reviving a bunch of these old shows, you know, like they're doing a new uh, Batman Caped Crusader show, which is supposed to be in the same vein as like the the animated series. It's almost like I I, I like I I'm glad they're doing it, but also can you recreate the nostalgia? Like you can't. It's just not. It will always not be exactly the same. So while I am excited, I still feel like it's not going to be everything I want it to be because it kind of can't be. Um, She-Hulk, the the first look at She-Hulk, first of all, uh, they showed, well, they showed like her suit from like from the side, from the back and the side. You don't see her her face or anything like that for Tatiana Maslany as She-Hulk, but looks good. And we have, you know, whatever you want to call him, Bruce Banner, Professor Hulk, Hulk, whatever, wearing shorts, seemingly flip-flops and a hoodie uh which is amazing i was like hoodie hulk for president this is the most amazing thing that has ever (laughs) happened um and i think that's mostly it i mean other things were pretty much expected lots of things that we had already heard about um but yeah overall exciting stuff kenobi i mean kenobi like i can act like i'm more excited but the truth is my excitement level has already peaked and there's no there's no room for it to grow up. It's like terminal velocity. There's no other way I could be more excited. So they showed the Obi-Wan Darth Vader like concept art screenshot type thing. And I'm like, yes, please. But also I'm already peak excitement, so I can't go any higher than this. Yeah, there's there's something about sometimes what Disney does. Like you mentioned, like you said par for the course. Like, yeah, all of these sound amazing. Thank you. Thank you for delivering <laughs> on. Yeah. <laughs> on your brand and what you have uh, have what we've come to accept um it's just so uh, we, we take it for granted a little bit but it's also like yes thank you this uh, this is my expectation i'm ready for this so they're spoon feeding us everything that just cheers us up they're spoon feeding us dopamine adrenaline yeah. um, all the good feelings and man it's gonna be sad not all of these can be good right not all of them can no be. It's impossible. It's mathematically impossible. But what I think they're doing is because there's so many options here, they are really just making sure we have every opportunity that as soon as we're done binge watching something, we can either watch it again or pick from 35 other different new properties, uh, whether they're extensions of original stories or um, or brand new items on here, which some are like like the Chippendale. I'm so excited. I can't express that enough. John Mulaney and Andy Sandberg. Those things just really bring you um, connected more to these stories and just gives you just a library, yeah, an endless library. Yeah, I think the I think if, if there's a complaint to be had about Disney Plus so far, it's that the the flow of new original content is a is a slow-ish trickle. You know, like we got the Marvel shows and a lot of that's COVID related, but you know, for the most part for, for adult viewers who want more Netflix centric, Amazon prime centric content, 
your options have been the Marvel shows and then the Mandalorian. And that's really been it. Um, beyond that, there's just not been a ton. And so it's like those shows come out, you watch them all, <laughs> you get done and you're like, okay, see you in a couple months, Disney plus. So I think there's definitely a need to generate more. It feels like they're trying to deliver on that. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think lots of exciting things in, in the pipeline. All right. The time has come, Kirk. The time has come to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. The trailer, the second trailer. I didn't even know if we were going to get a second trailer because they have been playing their cards ultra close to the vest with this movie for obvious reasons. Um, I'm going to let the trailer roll in the background behind us for those on YouTube and for those uh, listening. You won't be able to see it, but we will, we will be talking about it. So... I think a couple things about this trailer just to start off. And I've got a few prompts that I want to talk through based on things that we saw. Overall takeaways. They're definitely setting us up in this trailer for a darker tone of Spider-Man film than we have gotten in the first two, which I think is good. Spider-Man historically, both in the comics and in films so far, is a tragic hero. He is someone who goes through pain and suffering he that's part of the appeal of the character and part of what makes him such a uh, makes people have such a close connection to him um but you know in this movie they're really they're really dialing into that you know we see mj in danger at times we see ned in danger at times happy hogan people who we have not had any serious threat to their life at any point and so that's going to be an interesting change of vibe but of course, the other big thing that's happening is we got tons of villains confirmed in this. So Doc Ock is here. He's front and center for, for all of this. Um, but Green Goblin, we see him. Electro, we see him. Sandman, see him. And Lizard. So we've got three villains from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man series and two villains from the Amazing Spider-Man uh, series with with Andrew Garfield. So literally one from each entry in Spider-Man so far for a total of five that we have seen. Now, notable exclusions from this trailer <laughs> are obviously the two big ginormous gargantuan African elephants in the room, which are Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Didn't see them. Kirk, neither you or I were anticipating that. That's something that if it's happening... It is happening. <laughs> like, right. first of all, it is happening. But if it is happening, hypothetically, we are not going to see that until we see it in theaters. Do you agree? Correct. Correct. Yeah. They, they've everyone. They know the leaks are out there. They have obviously deleted them from all of these trailers. So they, they're just saying, you know what? Just wait. Wait two more months or one more month. Come on. You can do it, guys. Yeah. And then the other one that I thought there was a chance they might show in this trailer um, that has been heavily rumored is Matt Murdock daredevil played by charlie cox uh basically making at least that daredevil series from the netflix uh era of marvel television part of the mcu canon in some way but we didn't get any matt murdoch either kirk were you surprised by that you know i don't know that i was totally surprised because is Daredevil your tier one superhero? No, like he doesn't have, you know, godlike abilities like Thor or, you know, whoever else is at the top of the list, but he is such an incredible character. Um, 
just based on his on his story and his ability to persevere. So I I wasn't totally shocked that they didn't show him. Uh, I was just like, no big deal. Didn't phase me. Wasn't expecting it. I almost felt like they would throw the bone just because the noise around it has been so loud. Maybe if you throw that in there, you can sort of quiet it down, give people a little bit of a taste, and I don't know, give them something to really buzz about. The The villain stuff is cool and glad to see their looks and everything, and we'll get into all of that. But they, it, you know, it's we know that there's so much more in this movie based on what's been rumored, what's been leaked. If you've seen the leaks, we're not going to talk about the leaks, but um, we know that there's more here. So, but let's get into what we talk about in this trailer. The, the first thing that's really funny, and a bunch of people were talking about this on Twitter, is that this trailer, unlike almost any trailer you've ever seen, as a second trailer, it requires you to have watched the first trailer to understand anything that's happening. They don't ground you at all. In a way, this trailer is a sequel to the first trailer and not just an additional trailer. Like, if the <laughs> Marvel understands their audience on such an insane level, they're like, let's be honest, everyone's seen the first trailer, right? <laughs> they're like, let's, let's just get right into it. Um, but a couple things I want to talk about. Let's start with our villains. So we get... Green Goblin, he looks great. And we get, you know, a few others as, as well. Lizard, Electro, um, Doc Ock, of course, and Sandman. That's five, though, Kirk. That's five. And, of course, if you, if you know anything about Spider-Man, or even if you don't, the general theory is that the Sinister Six, in some form, would be appearing in this film. That is always Spider-Man's biggest battle is against the Sinister Six. The members of that six have rotated throughout the course of comic book history, but we're stuck at five, Kirk, and we've got we have representation from all three Tobey Maguire films and both Andrew Garfield films. So my question to you is who is number six? Who is right. number I six? Mean, it's, it's a toss-up. It is a complete uh, coin flip, but I think it's going to lie between Vulture mm. or Mysterio. Oh, so you're thinking Tom Holland villain either way. Yes, mm -hmm. I do. I do. So the, now the interesting thing with those two is Vulture confirmed alive and they, you know, we, he did not kill Vulture, right? Like Vulture got imprisoned and we know that he has been working behind the scenes and he has been teased in other Sony Marvel properties. He's in the Morbius trailer that just came out. Um, so Michael Keaton is very much involved. There have been zero rumors about him getting any photography for this film. Same with Jake Gyllenhaal. If, if, mm -hmm. if they're in the movie, it's totally under wraps, which is certainly possible. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio is believed to be dead, but of course, no one's ever really dead. <laughs> and this is a multiverse movie. I think those are both solid picks, and it would make sense to have some sort of representation from the Tom Holland Spider-Man films. I think outside pick could be, well, two. One, Venom. You know, mm. Venom is an option. He, I don't necessarily see Sony doing that because of his value as an anti-hero to them as a property. Do they really want him as one of the six in a battle against the Tom Holland Spider-Man? Maybe not at this point. You know, right. maybe down the line, but at this point, maybe not. I think outside shot, and this one would be weird and probably wouldn't make people super happy, but Paul Giamatti's Rhino. 
from uh, from the Amazing Spider-Man series uh, could be a pick as well. Then you get three from each series, and you're kind of good to go there. But that will be interesting to know. Let's stick on the topic of the villains, but let's talk about this. Something really interesting that you'll notice is, well, a couple of things. Green Goblin's suit at certain times in the trailer looks different, um, appears different than it does at other times. So the question becomes, different Green Goblins? Are there multiple? Is it one with different suits? Then you've got Dr. Octopus's arms, um, his mechanical arms, which appear to be fitted with a very familiar shade of crimson that uh, leads you to believe Iron Man tech, potentially, which is interesting. And Electro looks totally different while still being played by Jamie Foxx from the Amazing Spider-Man series. Looks way different than he did in that film and looks closer to the way he did in the comics. They actually use electricity to make his comic book like spiky cowl thing, which I thought was really cool. But So here's a question for you. Are these the actual villains plucked straight from those timelines or are they variants of some kind go with both right so okay. I think some could be directly from as we know them Electro would be a variant I am curious if we are getting both OG Doc Ock and variant Doc Ock mm-hmm. because it's very it's very much like Doc Ock to be a mentor to Peter Parker because he was both both his mentor and his villain yep. and post you know Spider-Man 2 it would uh, it makes sense that he could still balance that line especially since he's not the Peter Parker that he knows he says you don't look like Peter Parker you're not him you're not Tobey Maguire I think he says in the trailer and what that does is it opens up a whole it makes it even crazier because imagine we have um alfred Molina playing doc ock from two different uh, multiverse universes <laughs> in the same movie um i i can't <laughs> like it's it'll i think my my ears will bleed out of excitement and out of just so much um just stuff happening in front of me yeah yeah i agree and I think the, you know, variants are tricky because on the one hand, I think Loki is our best example of how variants work because on the one hand, you've got Sylvie, who is, you know, a totally different version of Loki. You've got freaking Gator Loki, who's a literal alligator, uh, you know, kid Loki, etc. But there are also variants of Loki that are Tom Hiddleston. Like they look like they're, they're him. So... In the same way that you could have different Peter Parkers that, you know, all look different, you could still have Peter Parkers that look like Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, etc. And by that same principle, you could have a Doc Ock that lives in maybe a closer parallel universe, and his Peter Parker is still Tobey Maguire, but he's not our Doc Ock per se. Um, so there are a bunch of different possibilities, but yeah, you know, to your point, there are times in this trailer where it feels like Doc Ock is helping them. And that's not overly surprising, but it does make you wonder how this all shakes out and where these guys are from. And plus, you know, if you consider Norman Osborn dead, Doc Ock dead, <laughs> you know, and, and Dr. Strange says something about all the, all these guys having been killed by Spider-Man, uh, which is not true. You know, like Lizard doesn't die at the hands of Spider-Man. I don't think Electro does either um if i can remember correctly but 
not all of them have died, so that's an interesting recall. There's just a lot to unpack with the villains, but I think it's definitely interesting. A couple of other quick things. One, they drop different trailers in different markets. The one that was buzzing on social media last night was a trailer from Brazil. And in that trailer, there is one cutscene where you see Sandman, Lizard, and Electro lined up opposite Tom Holland, and they all jump toward each other. Lizard appears to be jumping toward absolutely nothing, gearing up to punch nothing, the air. Yes. And people are screaming on the internet that it's another Spider-Man that they've doctored out of this trailer. Do you buy that or do you not? Yes, and then there's also a version of that trailer that's just a millisecond longer where it looks like Lizard has been punched in the face when he gets about halfway through the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, yeah yes, exactly. He, he like, yeah. flies back seemingly for no reason. Yeah, it's definitely, there's definitely contact uh, it, instead of, like, be, uh, like, an explosion blowback. It's very intentional, but there's nothing physically there. They've deleted whatever is there. Um... Yeah, is this the moment where we see all three Spider-Men fight all of these great villains at the same time? Is this, you know, the biggest heroic shot of the movie? Yeah, and notable omission from that shot, Doc Ock not in the picture. Nope. There. So, where's he at? Whose side is he on? Etc. A couple other quick things. Are you still on, were you ever and are you still on Doctor Strange's Mephisto train? After seeing this trailer, I was on the Mephisto yeah. Doctor Strange, uh, you know, train. But I don't think that anymore. I don't think it. Yeah, I do think I do think we saw a less questionable Doctor Strange in this trailer. There are still some things where you're like, "That's weird," but not to the same level as the first trailer, where he was just he was winking at people. He was, you know, the whole Sanctum Sanct- Sanctorum was like covered in snow like weird weird things going on but um, i think that was his performance was just skewed from covid i think that <laughs> could be could to. be okay final. i wonder oh go ahead i wonder if that that big fight which yeah. is very similar looking to spider-man 3 mm-hmm. you know it we is. have the, the tall tower you know and then we we bang all the, uh, the bang all the pipes to take down Venom and separate him and Topher Grace. Um, I didn't see Topher Grace in this trailer. Yeah, he, I don't understand that. Where well, he should have been one of our picks. You what know? in the world could have been? <laughs> He's there's your Sinister Six. It's Venom, but it's not Tom Hardy Venom. <laughs> what if we get this big battle scene and it's being fought at the same time between multiverses so that punch mm. maybe it's not a deletion maybe maybe lizard is getting punched through the multiverse, through the multiverse. Um, and we're gonna do like a full like michael bay 360 around this arena seeing the same fight in multiple universe universes universes happening simultaneously <laughs> univortex <laughs> univortex <laughs> uh yeah i mean it seemed like doctor at, at a certain point in that trailer doctor strange is you know doing his best to keep the universe intact as it's seemingly cracking on all sides around him so yeah things could get weird things could get very weird i think i expect them to in fact so i don't i don't dislike that call it could be interesting final question for you we'll make this quick who's dying in this movie who's dying well i mean i famously said that james bond would not die in his movie so <laughs> this is your chance at redemption kirk you can even you can take what you think is a safe pick at somebody who's dying 
So who dies? Yeah. I'm going to say Mary Jane. Okay. Yeah. They could go the Gwen Stacy route with her. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. Zendaya is probably not getting cheaper. No way. No way. I mean, she's a star on the rise. Very different from where she was whenever they started this whole project. Uh, My easy pick, I think, is Happy Hogan. I think they kill him. Yeah. Like, it feels cheap because they've killed Tony Stark already. And, like, to kill Happy, like, why? I mean, (laughs) but um, I I think he goes. I I just really do. Like, why do they show him in this trailer in a... grave danger like he gets yes. he gets like two seconds not even of screen time and it's like him about to be hurt by something and i'm like he's he's gone he's that's gone. it he, he barely escaped iron man 3 so it's time it's time that happy you know it's taken out yeah outside i don't know there maybe there is a situation not a death per se but maybe maybe tom holland spider-man ends up in a different universe at the end of this you know like he's in pretty it. cool like they have to bring him back at some point later like maybe i don't know yeah what if he ends up in a different universe follow me he ends up in a hotel he ends up right in front of a door knocks on the door it's venom could be and tom hardy it's it's that it's that <laughs> it could be i mean i don't know the, the possibilities are endless and then where does daredevil factor into this if anywhere like where does venom factor into this if anywhere i i don't know i don't know it's gonna be intense we're we are officially what's today's the 17th yeah we're officially a month away 30 days 30 days we're we're almost there but that's all we got for what's popping let's pop it up one last time thank you for listening to this episode of popcorn for breakfast our executive producer is ryan spriggs and our original music is by rhetoric you can check them out on spotify apple music and amazon music we are on Facebook at Popcorn the Number Four Breakfast, as well as Twitter and Instagram at PFB underscore podcast. Check the description to find out how you can connect with us on Discord, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitch. If you like this episode, please subscribe, like, comment, rate, or review. And if you want more, you can find all of our episodes and videos on popcorn the number four breakfast.com. We'll see you next time.